welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we just had a massive event in Myrtle Beach with all kinds of events that we can't wait to dive into. I don't know about you guys. The tiredness hasn't hit me yet. I feel like it's coming in a few hours, but I'm still sort of riding out the adrenaline. I don't know. What about you, Anthony? Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and, you know, really more for the players, you know, kind of seeing them grind through it. Uh, I would have to say that they're feeling about the same way. I mean, like you said, so many events with the shootout, with the open, the draft thrown in there, high school, college. I mean, it was it was a packed weekend. So uh, I'm sure the players are feeling feeling it as well. <laughs> I would imagine. Trey, you're tired. Yeah, no, I yeah, I got hit pretty good. I was. <laughs> You know, that after that draft, I, I drove home and then I woke up the next day. I was like, ooh, I can feel this. I, can feel this. Still, I had to get some stuff done tomorrow. And then today I got back to back stuff. So I'm like, I feel like I'm just, it's going to be one of those weeks where it's going to carry with me all the way through the all week. The way, yeah. and, then, and then Saturday, I'm going to sleep for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. So. Fair enough. I mean, that's allowed. Uh, yeah, I th- like I said, I think it'll hit me later. Right now, I'm sort of riding it, but uh, we'll see. It was kind of a, a scary drive home last night from the airport. It was pouring rain to the point where like you can't see. Kind of like your drive to the airport, Anthony, when you were in the snow. We had that experience on the way home. So just happy to be home safe, that's for sure. All right, let's get into it. Our uh, first event that we want to chat about is going to be the NCCC. So that's the uh, college portion of our event this past weekend. Our singles winner was Cole Brewer and Chris Fagan took second. In doubles, Angel Camarena and Avery Snipes from South Carolina took first. And Reed Palmer and Tyler Davis took second from Oklahoma State. And in the team's event, it was like the same situation. (laughs) University of South Carolina took the win and Oklahoma State took second. I'm sure Oklahoma will come hungry next year because they were so close in both those events. Um, But Trey, let's hear your thoughts first. Yeah, a lot of great stuff from from the college event. Um, you know, I was kind of racking my brain about all the different things that we could talk about. I'll, I'll kind of hit a few. One, I thought it was great to start off and and see another singles player, uh, a female singles player, or uh, for the first time ever have a female singles player make it into the final eight, Kimberly Jenkins, and and she had it. I was going back through the broadcast this morning, mm-hmm. up fourteen to two past the halfway point in the game, uh, gives up a huge seven. Wow. And then, uh, can't, can't finish it out from there. So I, uh, uh, you know, Chris Fagan was, I think one of the big favorites he shows, you know, he makes it all the way to the finals. He's shows why he's, you know, one of the best in the country at that level. Um, but Cole Brewer, he just, there was nothing fancy about Cole Brewer and what he did. He hit a couple flashy airmails. I'll give him that. But he missed a couple airmails too. But more often than not, he was just down the center. Um, and and I think a lot of people pegged Fagan to be kind of the favorite, especially how he rolled through the semifinals. But uh, once he got to the finals, it seemed like the nerves came back a little bit in comparison to like what the nerves were when he started that that game in the quarterfinals against Kimberly Jenkins. So uh, great to see Cole Brewer. Um you know, I was, uh, you know, I felt for Jake Brandon and Zach Owings. They didn't have the best showing uh, there, but 
it was great to see Cole Brewer on the double side. Um, I'm wearing my Clemson shirt. So it was great to see people that I know win. Uh, love Angel, love Avery. I've seen them for a couple of years now. If they just could have just gone to like Coastal Carolina, it would have been a little bit better for me to, to swallow. But um, no, they, they, they played. I, I was really impressed with, um, in particular, Avery Snipes because Angel, in my mind, has has emerged as the better player and someone who is really, really good now. I mean, we saw him at the competitive level compete in a finals at an open not too long ago. So he's making strides and he's becoming this face. And then, but how many times do we see it, Anthony, right? You get this duo together where one player becomes like the face and then it comes down to that second player. And just when it matters most, you know, sometimes they come up short and it's just because that player can't deliver and, and you know, it's a one-sided team. And that's not what we saw. I think Avery Snipes played his best games and played best when it mattered most on that broadcast court. And I think that speaks to what it means to, to be clutch and to be a teammate and to be, you know, a, a great player. And so um, it was really cool just to see them play as a team. You look at the stats and Angel was so much better through the qualifying play, through the team's play, through everything. But then you get on that broadcast court and Avery Snipes just figures it out. Right. And he just throws really, really well. And I think that was really special to see um, bum for the university or the Oklahoma State University. They just, um, you know, I really think that Reed Palmer's got a got some really strong potential. He was really the the, the driving force for that team. Um, him and that mustache, you don't want to play them. Um, <laughs> a, a deadly dynamic duo. Um, and then again, in the, in the, you know, teams competition, South Carolina gets the win again, South Carolina brought the crowd, had a little bit of a home field advantage, if you will. But um, when all said and done, I, yeah, I, I think I was just mostly impressed with, with the partnership on the side of, of, Avery Snipes and how uh, how he was able to to really deliver when it mattered. I would agree, Anthony. What kind of thoughts do you have about our college portion of the event? Yeah, the singles piece. Uh, we were we were actually calling games next door uh, during the ESPN broadcast, so we were kind of we had like a little uh, a little phone <laughs> set up trying to like watch the matches and and call matches at the same time. But the energy coming through the curtain, you know, just on the other side of the curtain was really cool. Uh, big shots were hit and you're kind of looking back at, you know, looking for replays and stuff. But so we missed a little bit of that, but I did talk to Fagan a little bit. He was rolling through that tournament and he felt like he sold in the final uh, of that one. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely going to be a guy to look out for now talking to him a little bit. He's a military guy, right? He's going to be back on tour. Uh, he said he's got two years. He's got a two year window where he can really dedicate to cornhole. So I expect to see, Fagan kind of more present uh, in the cornhole world uh, for the next two years before he goes on his last tour. Um, so yeah, talk to him a little bit there. Um, but really that the college teams for us, because we did get those finals coming over to the broadcast court, Mish, how crazy was that ending? Because the way it worked was um, you actually have three games and a double dip all mixed into the same thing, right? So you play three games and then we had a double dip scenario. You play three more games. And the way it ended with to force the double dip down five points. And there was a six point round, a 12, six, six point round 
to force a double dip. Just the way that kind of played out um, was really cool. And then it always went to the last match for us. And again, uh, you already mentioned these names, but Angel Camarena and Reed Palmer really stood out for me um, in their singles, uh, just as singles players. So they were kind of picking up the anchor. I felt like the teams were putting their strengths in the singles players, uh, and they were kind of the anchors that would be the third game every time. But man, those guys, I think, you know, if we talk about college as a progression into the professional league, I think those guys would make a nice addition to the pro division. They had every shot. They were showing us they could roll, they could airmail, they could slick side push. So that was really fun. What'd you think, Misha, about kind of how that college teams event kind of culminated and ended for us on the uh, on the live stream? I was really impressed with him, and I can't recall his name. Um, but remember when the guy in the teams event picked up the bags, and then it had, and then they had it was it was South Carolina, I believe, right? That picked up the bag, and then he had to throw it. And then they told him he had to wait. And then he threw he again. Like he's supposed to wait. Oh, yes. Like so throw two. And then he threw it again. So yes. he lost two bags. And then he gets the third bag and he makes this incredible shot. And I said, that is amazing. Because I think most people at that point were like, oh, my God, I just gave up two bags. Would kind of crumble. And he didn't. He got he like regained his composure and he made the shot. And I was like, that, that to me was really impressive because that could have ended the entire event for a lot of people on, on a mindset side of things. Yeah, that's a good call. So it was a throwing out of turn. So we know by rule when you when you throw that first bag out of turn, your opponent now gets two bags. What happened was the guy was just so jacked up. I mean, he was like the and crowd. It was a wash. It was a, remember, it was a wash, right? So it wasn't I like I think they only got two. If I remember correctly, they only got oh, two out of it. Okay. But the crowd is jacked up. The players are jacked up. So he's jacked up. He throws out a turn. So his opponent's supposed to get two bags. Opponent throws the first of two, and he comes right behind it with a second bag. So he threw out of turn twice. So I was like, he was just so jacked up. I don't think that he was thinking correctly. But at the end of the day, he only gave up two points with his first two bags getting sacrificed. So, yeah, that was a pretty crazy turnaround too. But, man, I just loved how that, that whole thing ended. And I'll say it over and over again. Pros make bad fans. You know, they get in the stands. Amazing <laughs> yes. things are happening, and they're over there napping. Like, I do that every day. So to yeah. get true fans, to get maybe some people new to the game, they're really impressed at what's happening. And it was really cool to kind of get that vibe uh, from the stands. It really I did agree. add a whole new dimension to the match. So it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, like I said, I mean, even in the doubles play, you had – it was cool seeing, like, you could definitely tell there were some crowd favorites, right? I mean, it, but it was great hearing that, you know, camaraderie uh, for, for each one. South Carolina was obviously, you know, those two were the big the big features, right? The, the also thing that I find really interesting is neither one of them made it in singles, right? I mean, they yeah. didn't – they weren't one of the elite-level singles players, and you put them right. together, and they're, they're a great team. It kind of reminds me what we saw – you know, last season when it when it came to um, University of Tennessee, Nick Moore, solid, solid singles player. But Taylor Cathy was, just, you know, he wasn't the greatest. But when it came time, right, they just they just knew how to how to compete. Um, but going back to like the crowd, you know, Kimberly Jenkins certainly had a had a, had a fan crowd behind her. Um, the, the, but they, it was cool just to listen and, and be a part of it and, 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 you know, just experience what it was like for this, this collegiate takeover. It was, it was pretty fun. 
It is surprising after watching Angel in doubles to see that he didn't make it in singles. I, obviously, I didn't get to see any of their play during the day, but how well he threw, I'm shocked yeah. that he didn't make it to the final eight in singles. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that he maybe got a bad draw and, and he had to play someone that was that was really tough. But the thing is, when you because you know, there were some schools that only sent a singles player, right? Chris Fagan right. only played singles. Kimberly Jenkins only played singles, right? I think Cole Brewer only played singles. So, um, you know, and, and we saw that last year. Kobe Costanza came as a sing. Oh, no, actually, no, I, I stand corrected. Kobe did play with his his younger brother. Um, and uh, But that's right. sometimes that happens when you get that elite-level player that goes to a smaller school. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's tough. And I know people were like Chris was scrambling trying to find somebody. I think he said he found someone that actually went to his school. I'm trying, I'm totally blanking on who it was, but they weren't able to come this weekend. But because he's an online school, so he's on there in the cornhole world. Like, does anybody <laughs> go to this school? <laughs> and that's I want to awesome. say it was like Rich Norman or someone. So he found someone, but yeah, they couldn't they couldn't make it, um, which is a bummer because I know he really wanted to play in doubles, and that definitely would have added another another element if he was able to play in a doubles partner. Um, and obviously Kimberly, you know, she, and she was really supportive. She said, I just want any female, like I'm supporting any female in this division to make it. I want all the females to make it. So she was not trying to hog that, that uh, bright light. She wanted it there for all the women. So that was really fun. And, and she was a really fun interview. She's, um, she's going to be a great player to continue watching. Yeah. She had such a good interview that what they did was, and it was such a bummer, right? She goes, because <laughs> I talked to the production team, she goes up 14 to two. And the truck starts to go, the production truck goes, okay, Kimberly's going to win. Chris Fagan's got a really good angle on the military. Since we're not going to see him in the second round, let's throw this interview in. Oh, no. throw the interview into the broad, they throw the interview into the broadcast. Then she gives up like a seven, a four, and a five. Oh, and no. Second to last round. And so Kimberly's interview didn't even make it to TV because there was so much good stuff they, in were, there. They, they thought she had such a big lead and they were at the middle portion of the game. They're saying to themselves, we're running out of time to feature somebody. Let's feature the guy that's down 14 because we can always come back later and show Kimberly. Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so backfired. <laughs> backfired. Yeah. We were talking about how great our interview was and how many clips we could use. Cause she was, she was just so, engaging but um i'm sure that will, will come up somewhere another time kimberly you will get your time there <laughs> but all right let's move on to the draft the draft was um incredible so i hadn't seen the setup uh, anthony and I, I anthony hadn't either we went to the like little staff thing after that night and cat asked us did you go and see the draft setup we're like no i didn't i didn't I didn't see it. And she's like, oh, my God, I want to blindfold you and then just reveal it to you because it looks so cool. And it did not disappoint. The setup in that room was legit. And I came back after the intro and sat next to Trey and I said, this is legit. Like, this is like a really cool thing. Um, what an improvement that we we I shouldn't even say we you guys did um, from last year. Um, so really exciting. But um, what do we think about the draft overall and some of the teams and all of that? Man, it what a long day, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. How do you talk about lots seven of seven hours? Seven <laughs> hours. I was like, man, that is that was a long time. And, and you know, it went so bang, bang, bang. I was like, I felt like I was on air for a long time, but I didn't feel like it was seven hours, right? I felt <laughs> yeah. it was almost as if it was a blur to an extent. And 
I think the, it was really cool kind of being behind the scenes on where I was because I could I, I got to see everything happen. But at the same time, I kind of lost sight of being able to analyze a lot of what was happening in real time. That was one perspective that I had. I was like, I'm not fully digesting right. exactly what happened and what, what is happening and everything like that. And oh, so, you're not alone, Trey. It was happening so fast, yeah. one thing after another. Yeah. It was just like, well, could we just like, if we could just step, take a step back and digest what happened, <laughs> yeah. it was just like one after another. I, my, my favorite is when Anthony would, they'd go to Anthony, he'd be like, I don't even know what to think about. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trade. They hit us with the trade. What do you think? Okay, uh, 12 seconds in. Um, Wow, I don't even yeah. know what to think. Like, I don't even know, like, who got who. Already? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, oh, I mean, kind of going to some different themes that, and, and talking about, we can talk about different positions. You know, Kyle Malone goes number one overall. I don't yeah. think, I think there was a little, there was some question about whether or not Kyle would go number one coming into the weekend, but then I think that just got thrown out the window once he made the finals. <laughs> of men's singles at the shootout round limited format. He continues to play like everybody in Florida is saying he's been playing and that kind of just threw it out the window. Um, but then we go back to back rookies, right? Or did yeah, we have Fisher one? And, nope. No, yep, Fisher back to back rookies. Yeah. Fisher and Wiedenfeld. Um, I, I was maybe a little bit surprised that two rookies went out of the gate there. But then once that happened, it made no shock to me that immediately you follow up and grab a, um, you know, grab a Jay Rubin alongside Jordan Power to make a doubles, you know, doubles duos and the Marauders grabbing him. But, you know, looking back at the first round, Anthony was right on the Justin Burton Jr. being a first round pick. I didn't think Burton Jr. would go round one, but he did. Um, that, that showed a lot of you know confidence there and and people um, being there. It looks like Jacob Foreman did fall into the second round, so they were able to snag him. Um, maybe the surprise for me, the first one was maybe Chris Kingsbury, um, yeah. and they're and they're going off a, a lot of recency. Uh, Bernie's favorite term, recency. I was like, don't say it, Trey. They've heard it enough. Um, but, but it's kind of true, right? I mean, we, we saw, we've seen flashes of Chris Kingsbury, right? Mm -hmm. I saw, we saw it first last year at the Winter Haven Open, him and Matt Guy go head to head and they go round after round after round when Kingsbury was an amateur and everybody goes, who the hell is this guy? And then he makes a deep run in an open, you know, it's just, but there were periods of time in the early spring of 2022 in which Chris, Chris Kingsbury was just okay. Yeah. That's more of what I'm worried about here is that the upside for Kingsbury is there. But you only get one first-round pick. And right. me, if I was drafting, I want to draft somebody that even if they don't as high as has of high of a ceiling, I need to know that they are going to deliver. I can't afford bad games out of them. I can take not exceptional games, but I need a consistently solid, true, uh, tried and true performer that I know that can deliver uh, at any point. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that was probably my, my biggest first round surprise other than Jordan Camba getting traded immediately, which I'll know we'll talk about in a little bit, but Going back through, uh, Frank Maudlin going to the Timber. I thought he'd go to the Burn. Um, Caleb Batson goes to the Bully Baggers. I didn't think he'd be available, but once he fell, we we I think we all were kind of consistent there. Um, Alec Ryan to the Slingers, um, not not too big of a surprise there. 
I was a little bit surprised that the Colonels went Brett Guy over yes. Jimmy McGuffin. That surprised Same. me a little bit. I wonder how much Matt Guy kind of strong-armed that one or how much maybe Damon Dennis said, I'm not in I'm not in the position to tell Matt Guy that I think well, I we should him. go a different direction. I asked him in the interview. I asked Matt Guy, I said, did you have to lobby to take Brett in the first round? And he said that they said if you don't take Brett Guy in the first round, I will be upset with you. That those were his words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I guess we got to give Guy credit with success in that round limited format in a doubles format, right? So he's mm -hmm. clearly the winner of that. But if you look at individual talent, I think this is why we're saying that Jimmy Humans, or excuse me, Jimmy. I always do that. Jimmy McGuffin uh, finished the league twenty seventh, so he was an inside thirty guy where Brett was pushing 70. So, but we have to keep in mind, this is round limited doubles format. So, I mean, at the end of the yeah, day, I think maybe they were looking at that. Probably shouldn't look at the singles stats as much as the doubles, right? <clears throat> right. So another, another bit, this is kind of insider information that I had. Remember I got, I told you guys before the draft that I thought someone would get taken where we had someone else guaranteed to go. It was Jimmy McGuffin in the first round. And I had a conversation with the Arizona burn prior to the draft. And I was under the impression that they were going to take Jimmy McGuffin with their number two being Frank Maudlin. Hmm. But the night before the draft, they met one more time and, and they had weekly meetings leading up to it. And the night before the draft, they changed their mind and said, we're going to get Derek Holland. They said the the performance and his PPR and how he's been playing this season oh, was just too good it. to pass up. Yeah, because that was a little bit of a surprise to me because it, it kind of came out of left field and it. I know for a fact it was a last minute decision. So, um, but but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And Anthony, I, we talked a little bit about this on the draft. Have you had a chance to kind of look through the rosters at all to to identify anybody that that stood out to you or you, Michelle? Any any teams that you like a lot? Because that was. What I tried to do a little bit kind of on on my travel home is trying to digest which teams I really like. Yeah, not yet. I, on my way home, I actually watched the draft. So it was a long trip home. I got through about four and a half hours of the draft. Wow. Um, but to actually take a step back and kind of see the final teams and how they laid out, um, I haven't been able to do that. But my initial thoughts, and I shared it on the uh, on the broadcast, I really like the team that Noah Wooten was putting together. And that one's more from a chemistry standpoint. So I'll be curious to see. And we talked about the Kentucky Colonels. I think Kentucky Colonels did a really good job at picking up talent later in the draft uh, as a value pick. And I think the Georgia Sliders did a really good job at putting the, a team together chemistry-wise. So we talk, is chemistry important or is talent important? I think that'll be a good two team kind of you know sliders versus kernels to kind of analyze as we go through the tournament does or through the season does chemistry really pay off or does talent pay off but that was kind of my kind of first glance at uh, overall teams those two teams looked uh, kind of stood out to me yeah I, well, I, yeah what about you michelle i say i know i'm biased i but so i'm looking at what the cali slingers did because i am in california and i would say if i didn't love their drafting but I, I think they did a really good job i thought they got some good pickups in the later rounds um and i think that it's going to be a strong team and uh the fact they got ricky g in round eight was pretty crazy i think that was a good good pickup there 
Um, and I saw a couple of those where I was like, hey, that's Mish, what, what do you think? There. What do you think about them getting Travis Purser second round? Do you think it was that's purely? I was just gonna ask. I didn't like their first couple pick. I, I liked Alec Ryan. Aside yeah. from that, I was a little bit worried about their two through four, but I love their five through nines. They're five. So I love they have gotten, they've gotten requests for Travis Purser. I think they said they've gotten a few people wanting Travis Purser. So it may not have been oh. a good. Maybe there's something that we don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know, but I know that that's been someone that they that people have come to them asking for. That that would make sense then. That would make yeah. sense that, that they took, you know, took him. Um, I I still go back to the colonels. I I like yes. the dang colonels, man. Um, you know, looking at their team, Nate Stevens in the second round. How many times did we talk about on this program before that he's kind of I a first round pick that we knew Nate, was going to drop? Nate Stevens and Donald Cup. Don't sleep on them. Yep. <laughs> Anthony had Tom. This is the Colonel's draft. Brett Guy. We've already kind of talked about it. Yep. Nate Stevens should have been first round drafted in the second round. Tom Gustafson. Anthony had in the first round. They get him in the third. Okay. Bob Vonchett four. Could argue if that's that's pretty on brand. Right. Pretty pretty accurate. Dave Sutton in the fifth. Yes. If you take. Four rounds times 16 and add the, you know, three times 16, seven times 60. That's about whatever, 100 so players. You yes. can't tell me Dave Sutton is the 100 and whatever ranked player in the in the country right now. That's a steal. Sam Finley at six. Yeah. Then in eight and nine, they get Nate Voyer and then Kevin Smith Jr., Kimberly Glass in 10, Tom Gorski at 11. Who had has an incredible PPR? To me, this I don't even know how much prep they did for their picks. They kind of just went. I mean, this guy's still available. What what don't I know? Okay, this still available. I I guess like give and it, it seemed that's what it seems like for a team perspective. It feels like they took all the misfit toys that everybody didn't want. They throw them on a team, and I think this team is nasty. I think Here's what happened. Here's what happened, Mish. If they do well, we need to take credit because oh. they always took the pick after we said, I can't believe Samantha <laughs> Finley is still on the board, and then they would pick her up. I you can't know, believe Dave Sutton is still on the board, and then they'd pick him up. <laughs> because I went over to their table. I was talking to them, and, like, in terms of, like, the table setups, I was I was curious about, like, you know, people had spreadsheets and laptops and phones with speaker, and and theirs was, the, like, there's just, like, a piece, a couple pieces of paper. They had, like, the the draft on, a, on an iPad going on, and, like, it wasn't the whole big shebang, right? And I even asked Matt, like, about, he's, like, strategy? We were supposed to have strategy? Like, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be right. I don't know. That's right. Speaking so, of, I think we should give some of those captains credit. Some of those guys came in prepared. I yeah. mean, some teams had, I was talking to Tanner Halbert a little bit. They would have blocks of players laid out. Here's our next five that are on our list to be picked. And in one case, they had their next five lined up and one after another. All yep. five got picked boom, up. Boom, 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 boom. And then they had to go scramble and go, we thought five was enough. Now they had to like start adjusting their little blocks of players. But 
spreadsheets, you know, computers, multiple mock drafts. Some of those captains came in ready to go. Agreed. hundred um, percent. And I want, I want to talk real quick about the two different trades. So yes, draft day, as soon as they got done one for one, Berkeley pair, who is a third round pick gets traded for the last pick in the first round, Jordan Camba. So the bully baggers end up in the end with Jordan Camba and the Carolina coasters end up in the end with Berkeley pair. Now, the thing that I find interesting, and then the second trade, we had a two-for-one. Jeremy Shermerhorn gets traded to the Marauders in exchange for for the Aviators for Gabe Dolan and Carson Getty. So I'm going to be interested to hear both of your opinions on who you think the winners are. My personal opinion I thought it was a big win for the bully baggers, not because I value Camba over pair in, in any way, shape or form that much more. But now if you look at the bully baggers, top four picks, essentially they become Caleb Batson, AJ Sims, Jordan Camba in the third and Matthew Stout in the fourth. That may be the first, that may be the best one, two, three, four punch in the entire draft, regardless of how things ended up on the back end there. So I think the bully baggers won. And to be honest, I I do not love the pick for the Marauders. Oh, I think, I think the that, was, leaders, that was I think the, the friendship, right? I mean, I mean, not that they not that he's not an amazing player, but I think what really drove that was we we want Jeremy Shermerhorn on our team. And and that if it was just anybody else, I don't know if that would have been the same trade of equal talent. Yeah, I think it, it ended up being a third round pick for a fifth and sixth round pick. Right. Um, but I could argue both Gabe and Carson may could have gone a little bit earlier as well, especially as well as Carson's been playing. Yeah. To me, it felt like a little bit of a reach. Um, I get why they did it. It makes sense why they did it. But uh, I think the Aviators added incredible depth. They gave up Shermerhorn, but they added two solid players oh, to add depth. That's the key. And uh, I think when you talk about how this will play out throughout the season, I like the Aviators. So for me, the winners of those two, Aviators and Bully Baggers. Same. Yeah, I'd yeah, have they- to agree. I think I, that's the depth. It's the depth call. You're able to drop off that last pick and you throw in a Getty or a Dolan, and they could probably flip-flop talent-wise. They're probably pretty similar talent-wise. So – but yeah, depth is the key. But if you go to the other one, that one was interesting too. And, you know, we were hearing it live. Uh, one pick we should know happened after the draft. And then one pick happened in draft. Um, but Mish, you were kind of in the trenches. Like, what were you hearing amongst the tables or the captains on how that played out in, in live, basically, in the draft? Yeah, I mean, I only Campo was shocked, obviously. He was not part of that conversation at all. So he said he was out there throwing bags and heard about the trade. And then, and then he was all of a sudden he was sitting at the bully baggers table, bully baggers table, putting in picks. So it was like a he was like I, I think he got was like thrown in the whirlwind. And then it wasn't until actually Nick made a post about it, and then that post blew up. And then we started seeing the truth about why it all happened, and that I didn't know. And during the draft, that I found out when you know later on in social media about kind of why that happened. Um, and then yeah, walk us through that. Walk us through yeah, that. You, you're, that. Nick had the inside scoop. You got to give it to us. <laughs> he didn't. He just made a post about how he didn't like the, the trade. 
And then like, it was like everyone jumped on it. And apparently Jamie Graham said that Jordan Camba was not thrilled about the James Baldwin pick. And they just, I think more felt like he wasn't like a team player. Like they thought we got you your, we got you this amazing doubles partner. It used to be your doubles partner. There you go. And apparently according to this, he didn't respond favorably. And they said, well, then we don't want you on the team. Essentially is how that went down. According to this, social media back and forth and there was like some animosity towards jamie graham and and jordan camba they were kind of getting at each other so we've got like a little you know i don't know if this is going to be like a new rivalry but uh they weren't thrilled with one another but that's what sort of drove a lot of that those choices there okay so carolina coasters had back to back so you're saying with their first pick in the draft they go jordan camba yep. and they immediately get a second pick and they go get his world's partner in james baldwin and he wasn't happy with that according to jamie graham wow <laughs> wow so jamie was like uh excuse me okay yes uh well then we'll go get and i'm sure trevor brooks maybe was like all right well then fine let's go see if we can get berkeley pair then on the trade you pull berkeley over now you probably put trevor brooks in berkeley yep. pair together wow yep. Yeah. Which means Jamie Graham will probably team up with James Baldwin because Graham and Eric Davis are not going to play together. No. No, that is not going to happen. So there's your first two captains. So Jamie Graham maybe goes and pairs up with Baldwin. Brooks pairs with pairs with pair. And then that leaves <laughs> Eric Davis kind of out there. Maybe um, I'm kind of looking King. at the roster. Yeah, probably oh, with Derek the Derek King. King. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kaylee Hunter in there. You could have Jamie and Kaylee play together. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I can see yeah. Davis and pair pair. You can even up. see Jamie Graham and Chad Hunt playing together. Yes, yeah, Chad Hunt and had Graham, success. Mm -hmm. They won. They won on open together. That's so, right. I don't know. Yeah, I did see today on social media, Trevor Brooks shared a clip of Berkeley pair and him playing together. I saw that. And said there is no way that we would not end up. He would not end up on the Carolina coasters. Yeah, so, and I think that's. I think that's true. But I don't know if they would have done that trade that way. I think they were trading for Berkeley, Berkeley pair anyway, but I don't know if it would have went down that specific way. Um, had Jordan Camba made spotted. it easy for him. Jordan, he, yeah, he, saw, it. he exactly. saw a little blood in the water. He jumped on it. He was like, oh, okay, there it is. We're getting you know it. Right Knowing how strong that partnership was. If I was the bully baggers, I might've waited to the end of the draft and made them throw in a, a seventh round pick too. Like, okay, yeah. you want to do that? I also want my car. very yeah. Hey, look, they've shown in desperation mode. They wanted Berkeley pair more than anything, right? Yeah. I mean, I think to an extent they did become the winners of that trade, but when you want a player that bad, you overspend. Right. And look, they, they like I said, I, I think Jeremy Shermerhorn's an amazing player. I think he's on the right team now with Michigan Marauders, but I think that you think a little bit differently when you're desperate to have someone on your team. Hey, Trey, so, really real quick, since we're I know we're over time, just since we're on the roll of trades, can you just really break down for us real quick when trades end, how long can it go on, you know, how, how that works real quick, just the rules of the trade? Yeah, yeah. so there is a um, – so players can add at any time. Anybody that wasn't drafted can end up being added to the team. Through the trade deadline, each team can only have 16 players on the team. So if you add somebody, you then have to drop them. Okay, you have to drop somebody else. Sorry. Um, so the transaction deadline is two weeks after the Sunday of the second national. So two weeks okay. after the 
Cornhole Mania is when the trade deadline ends. So you can trade players up until that point. After that point, you can't, um, you cannot trade anybody from your team. Now, what you can do is after the trade deadline, you are allowed to add two players to your roster for a total of 18 players. Okay. So there will be plenty of roster additions coming in after that. Um, also interesting to note um, that uh, I'm trying to read right here. They can trade, play, trade players. Um, and I think we call it a transaction deadline because we don't want people dropping people from the team last minute. Because if you have a player on your team, when the season ends, they have to become part of the payout as well. So there's some yes. rules in there on that as well. But essentially, 16 players you can trade. If you do a two-for-one, like we saw in the case of the Marauders, they immediately had to drop Sean Markov. So Sean Markov became a free agent who may be leaving the pro division anyway um, for, for other extended reasons. Um, but then once the trade deadline hit, hits two weeks after the national, then players can um, – two, two weeks after the second national, they can add two additional players for 18 for a total roster. And worthy of mentioning, the three captains cannot be traded. They are essentially franchised. And then – Unlimited trades? Yeah, unlimited trades. You okay. can trade and add. There is a waiver wire. So, like, waivers have to be submitted on, by Monday, They, they and then they processed on Wednesday. So what happens is if there's a – if someone – you know, if two teams want to claim the same free agent, it'll go in the order of the waiver wire. Right now the waiver wire is in the order of the draft. So the woodchucks are number one all the way down to the coasters. If you process a waiver claim, you go to the bottom of the list. And then at the end of the first national, we will redo the waiver wire based on the order of standing. So if you're in last place, you're number one mm -hmm. on the waiver wire. Okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. Another event that happened is the pro shootout. So our men's singles finals will be Kyle Malone and Jamie Graham. Women's will be Rosie Streaker, Cheyenne Bubenheim, and doubles will be Ryan Wiedenfeld and Ryan Smith versus Damon Dennis and Jimmy McGuffin. This will happen in February. Um, I know that we were seeing some amazing games, and Jeff mentioned like a hundred times, I just want to see them play out. I don't want to wait till February, but we <laughs> we will have to wait. But uh, I was really excited to see all of these players uh, really show out. Jamie Graham after his injury, if that's what we're calling that, you know, we wanted to make sure he was still the strong player that he has always been. Uh, Rosie obviously being hot. <laughs> I mean, she's thrown out of her mind. And then Damon Dennis, I mean, and Jimmy McGuffin, I mean, I, th I think they were really stand out, but what are your thoughts, Trey? Yeah, look, uh, a couple, couple themes to me. I think the first of which has to be Jamie Graham, Cheyenne Bubenheim and Ryan Smith continue to just let everybody know that they don't care that it's round limited. They love this format, right? Yeah. They just love it. They live and breathe this shootout format year in and year out. They just, they just delivered. Um, yeah. It was great to see Jamie Graham kind of back after that injury. We were all concerned for a while there. If that was going to be a lingering issue, Obviously, that got resolved pretty quickly. He's back and ready to go. Um, Cheyenne was Cheyenne. I don't. I don't even have. I don't even have anything good to say about Cheyenne. It's just like almost like expected now. <laughs> I do have great things to say about Rosie Streaker. Um, I, I remember, you know, looking down at the brackets, 
I, you know, we all kind of mini root for Rosie cause she does some podcasts, you know, uploading for us and things of that nature. But um, I, I remember looking at my bracket round number 10 down 17 to 12 to Miranda Coy. And I said, dang. And I put my phone in my pocket and I, I know Wooten was standing next to me and I go, oh man, uh, Miranda's up 17, 12 on Rosie. She's going to go to the finals. Um, and he goes, well, she's got one more round left. And I said, well, yeah, but I mean, if that happens, then you could blame me or whatever. Right. And so we're joking about this. And then sure enough, I see Rosie walking up to the live stream court. I said, and I looked at my phone. She gave up, Miranda gave up a six to Rosie in the last round to lose that game. I said to Noah afterwards, I guess that one's on me. Um, so that one, that one's on me, but it was great to see Rosie. Great to was, see Kyle was your, was that your formal apology to Miranda? Yes, I apologize, Miranda. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> um, but Kyle Malone, I mean, just unbelievable. Damon Dennis was annoying all weekend to all these great players, right? <laughs> yeah. He was just flat out annoying. Mark Richards, Damon, what are you doing to me? I'm supposed to win this whole thing. And you're going to double dip me? Are you serious, Damon? Like, just being the annoying good old boy that Damon Dennis is. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, um, so shout out Kyle. And then of course the rookie Ryan Wienfeld getting his, his shining moment early in the pro division. Anthony, anything to add? Yeah. Qu real quick summary. I see we're running uh, short on time uh, coming out of rounders. Uh, I was just kind of looking at that one before the show. Fisher Hamilton was fire an 11 four coming out of rounders. And then wow. we know that this is a single elimination and round limited format. So not necessarily the hot guy is going to win it. He didn't go very deep in that one, but I did want to mention that one there. Um, you talked about the ladies. Streaker kind of has this uh, – what was it that year? I feel like she took like second place like maybe three or four or five yeah, times. 2021, right? Yeah, 2021. So uh, another one there. But, yeah, looking at the men's singles of the shootout, you talked about Kyle Malone. I don't think you need to go into that one anymore other than that he is just showing that he is probably the hottest player on the planet right now. Um, really showing out there. Jamie Graham liked seeing. We all got a glimpse at what Jamie Graham are we going to get, right? The last couple events have really been rough for him uh, with the shoulder injury. I talked to him quite a bit this weekend. He's good to go. So he's actually had that thing looked at. Um, we're talking about just a, a little muscle injury that uh, clearly he has fixed here, um, you know, winning his bracket. So that one's kind of cool, Trey, because the winners of the shootout – you have your partner in mind, but there's a date out there. They're not going to, they didn't play that out. There's a future date. It almost reminds me of like Rocky back in the day, you know, where you're, you're training for a specific opponent. Um, you got a target on your wall at home. Maybe the way you practice getting prepared for that. Um, that one's kind of fun because you could almost build that a little bit, build the anticipation of who's going to win that one. So those boys are going to play it out at the shootout two, right? In Arizona, was Arizona? Yeah, no, it'll just be a standalone broadcast. And the good news is those players will be also the ones that compete in Super Bowl. So okay, yep. of, of those players traveling, so that's two, four, what is that, six, eight? So the eight players traveling, four of them will compete in Super Bowl with a celebrity. So it's kind of an added bonus, and that'll be uh, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, I believe February 11th is the broadcast. It's it's late at night. It's like a 10, 10 p.m., local time maybe broadcast it's it's a late one but is it a friday uh, or a saturday trey for friday friday so that'll be the 10th okay yeah so yeah it'll be great 
I'll wrap it up real quick, Meek. I just wanted to mention uh, Travis Purser. Um, he also made a sweet run there in the shootout, really in all the formats. So, hey, maybe moving his value up in the draft and why he went at number two. And then Zach Shippener, I gave him a little bit of a hard time both on the broadcast and in the draft. I don't like it. Um, but hey, he, he, he really showed out this weekend. I have a hard time with players that throw a committed tilt bag with a constant right to left. I think that you really limit yourself in the game when your bag is always moving right to left. I'd like to see him flatten that thing out a little bit. And it's really going to, I think that would take him to the next level uh, so that he hasn't, doesn't have to play this constant right to left, but did want to mention that, um, that he really showed out in that shootout format. As did well. he, did he contact you for that, Anthony? No, I have never talked to the guy actually. <laughs> I thought he was coming after you for that. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just flat out. All right. Our next event was the high school championships for singles. We had Caden Blencow for doubles, Tyler Cox and Terry Wilkie. Mm -hmm. And for teams, Jackson Remick, Gavin Hammond, Cooper Bingham, and Cooper Bilbrey. Uh, I know you're familiar with that team a lot, Anthony, but uh, what are your thoughts on the rest of the uh, high school championships? Yeah, the, the boys really showed out. They were the uh, six and O's coming out of the um, of that team's event. Gavin went undefeated in the uh, in the rounders. Um, hey, again, that's where singles, that single elimination matters. Um, they, I think it was... Gavin was top three in doubles. Uh, they were both top three in in uh, in singles, and then ultimately went in the team event. So I think they had a solid weekend. They were really crushed at how that ended because coming out of rounders, they were the hot team uh, to to make a presence. But hey, single elimination, anything can happen. But I'm really proud of those guys representing Colorado and uh, and really really standing behind me on me putting myself out there and putting their name out there. I'm proud of them. I think they showed up well. Yeah, I was going to say, Anthony's boys get a, get a dub, so that's always going to make Anthony happy. Um, I think the only other thing went, worth mentioning is, you know, I, I, I went back and uh, we made a hot take that the high school talent would be kind of yes. better than the college, and statistically, it kind of worked out. Um, <laughs> really? Um, so Caden Blenko, uh, I looked across the tournament. He averaged a 9.25, which was slightly higher than, say, Angel Camarena did in in, the, in that final broadcast. Um, there were times at which Fagan and and Cole Brewer were above that, but I would say more they were kind of even than than maybe the, uh, the the high school is that much better. But um, I think it was just cool to continue to see a development. I made the hot take about Matt Maddie and Caitlin Ham were both top five in PPR, but they didn't even finish in like the final eight. They got knocked out right. early. They had some. Um, you know, some, some big, big players to play early. So uh, in the end, um, you know, it was cool just to see kind of this high school division starting to blossom a little bit with the, between the teams and the singles and the doubles. So it was cool to be a part of. Yeah. Agreed. I thought the high school was really entertaining, right? Because of their style of play. I know that's my favorite. Um, and I really enjoyed watching the roles, the cuts, the flops, the everything. I mean, I thought that was and the live streams seem to really like it. Like, you know, they, they were kind of chirping about like bring pro doubles on and then high school came on and everyone kind of quieted down. They're like, well, okay, yeah. this, is, this is pretty entertaining. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I think that the, all those players really, really showed out and uh, fun to see the families come and support. And I really enjoyed the high school and college aspect, you know, in addition to the pros. I like the mix up of that. All right, Trey, you got a hot take for us? 
Yeah, but let's do it, right? It's early, so you might as well. Kentucky Colonels are your 2023 wow. world champions. It's an I'm early draft. I like does, the draft. I like the pieces. Does that There's mean no like you can't go? Guy. I'm a Woodchucks fan, FYI. I need to get a Woodchucks hat. New England sports fan here. I got to stick with my New England roots, but I will <laughs> say I like the Colonels draft. I'm going to go Colonels. So you can't go back at any point. You're, you have to like stick with it the whole season, though. because I it. will stick to it until I look like an idiot, and then I'll say I knew it all along. Perfect. Got it. That works for me. Anthony? I'm going to give Kyle Malone some love here. Uh, when we first did the hot take, I had him at like 25. And then a month later, he was like inside 20. And then right before we did our last hot take, he was like my 12, 13. Kyle Malone, top 10 in singles this year. I'm going I'm to throw it out there. I think no, I that's well-deserved. And I'm going for the shootout. I'm picking Rosie to win it. I think she can take that first one. Wow. Yep. Wow. The females in the division hope you are wrong. They hope you are. <laughs> yeah, they want Cheyenne out. Cheyenne, win the first one and don't come back. And you know, yes. Rosie, Rosie is just as scary as Cheyenne right now. I mean, she's throwing 11s. I wouldn't want to face her either. So I think either way, we're, we're clearing out a really top talent there for the other shootouts. All right, that's all we got time for today. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you all next time.